Hey guys, and welcome to episode 34 of the Talking Llamas podcast. On this week's episode, we talk about Cinderella, uh, kind of in commemoration of the 70th anniversary of its release in 1950. So um, February 15th, 1950, Cinderella was released. That's, you know, 70 years is a long time. So when these anniversaries come around, we like to talk about the movie. In rewatching this film, um, I, I, we rewatched it months ago and then uh, rewatched it again just in preparation for this episode. But in the rewatching of it months ago, I really found it to be much better than I expected and remembered. Um, I find it to be over or underrated, excuse me. I find it to be very underrated. So uh, we were happy to do this episode, excited to do this episode, and happy to bring it to you. Uh, if you guys want to follow the show, you can follow us on Facebook. Uh, we have our page. It's just The Talking Llamas Podcast. Thomas and I are both on Facebook as well. He is Thomas Nelson. I am Robert Camozzi. Our Instagram page, uh, Talking Llamas Podcast, at Talking Llamas Podcast specifically. Um, I'm also on Instagram at the Disney Dad. You can also email the show if you have any questions or comments or anything of that sort. Uh, you can always email us at TalkingLlamasPod at gmail.com. That's TalkingLlamasPod at gmail.com. And if you want to support the show, as always, the best way to do that is to just subscribe on Apple Podcasts, follow on Spotify, um, and rate and review on Apple Podcasts as well. Rate and review is the best way to let us know how you're enjoying the show, or maybe not, um, and just you know supporting us that's that's the best way to do it so okay guys without further delay episode 34 of the talking llamas podcast Hello, everyone, and welcome to the show. I am Robert, and with me today, as always, is Thomas. Hey, hey. Thomas, if you were in a jungle cruise boat that was sinking, what would be your first your first order of business? What would be the first thing you did? It would depend on which part of the jungle cruise it was. If it's at the very start, I'd just walk right out, because we're out still docked. Boat? Yeah, we're still docked at that point. Even at that section, I might just dive into the water, you know, become part of the ride. It's like a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity to join the attraction amidst chaos. Well, the immersion of, I mean... <laughs> oh, yeah, talk about the immersion. Yeah. You're fully immersed in, in the attraction so, in more ways than one. Maybe even sub submerged is for sure. Yeah, submersion. <laughs> there we go. Uh, I ask, of course, because a boat at the Jungle Cruise did indeed... I don't know if sinking is the right word. That's what everyone's saying, but I think it just it, it filled up with water. Um, yeah, it took on water. Yeah, and uh, the photos are actually quite, quite hilarious. Uh, but it, it would appear that you know there's a lot of people. I mean, everyone's fine. Everyone got off safely. Dry? Were they dry? No, not from the waist down. Oh. Now the question is, they're they're wet from the waist down. Is that because they were sitting, or because the water was that high? I'm looking at a photo now of the water, and I guess it, I guess it was. It was rather full of water. Huh. Sounds like the boat was sinking. Yeah, but I don't know how deep the... Yeah, me neither. I mean, 
the rivers of America in Disneyland. This was in Florida. Mm-hmm. Yeah, in Disneyland, the rivers of America are pretty shallow. I have to imagine these are as well. I, w- I would think so. You know what? I think I've seen some old pictures from the early days, maybe when the attraction was being built, that showed a shallow pool. Like cars would drive on it. Yeah. You know, with all the jungle around. Hmm. So everything's okay. Everyone is okay. And well, I, I was just telling you before we turned this on that I saw a picture of people on the boat stand, standing up on like the, the spot where you sit, mm-hmm. trying to avoid getting wet. Yeah. That's what it looked like anyway. You said that they got wet. But really, what's the big deal? It's just water. Well, and not very deep. I wouldn't want to be... I mean, I'm looking at it now. Like Except for the, children. That bench that's down the middle of the aisle, or the, whatever you call the middle of the boat, yes. is completely submerged. So if you were sitting down, you're... And you just you would just be sitting in like waist waist deep in water. It'd be, it would be odd to just be. I would think that in our earlier days going to the park as adults, we might have just sat in the water for the joke. It would depend. It, I think. it would depend on what I was wearing. It, yeah, that's true. If I was wearing jeans, um, no. Also, the water doesn't look like totally clean. <laughs> I mean, it's <laughs> it's really not well. meant to be like for you to stew in. So I can't imagine that it's like something it's not pool water you know what i mean yes yeah so i i can't imagine it's something you would want to be you know sort of marinating in for very long and again who knows if when this started and yeah it's a whole thing but anyways the ride opened later that same day on thursday so everyone was fine uh and then also, since the last time we spoke, uh, or, or recorded, we haven't spoken, we don't speak between recordings. <laughs> yeah, which is tough, because we do live together. <laughs> yeah. Um, Bob Iger stepping down, and Bob Chapek switching one Bob out for the other. Yeah. A couple of Bobs. Well, one Bob is still sticking around, that's Bob Iger. They're both the, sticking around, but... Um, well, yeah, but... He's not just completely gone, he stepped down as CEO, he's now, what, um, one of the... Like chairman... Or yeah, but like a, a part of the creative member. part of the company. I don't know what's happening? He's he's <clears throat> still being creative with the company. <laughs> yeah, well, uh, I mean, we'll see. It, it's interesting because I I recently and I told you this. Well, he is. He is still being creative. We'll, with we'll the, see what that means exactly. Yeah. I don't know what. It, well, what, he's going to be out in twenty twenty one, which is what he always said. Yeah, but him stepping down the CEO is interesting. I I recently and I told you this read his book. Uh, that you know Bob Iger right of a lifetime or or whatever and it's very interesting it's kind of it's a good read and it kind of acts as not only is it sort of like you know give you an idea of him but it gives you an idea of w- what the company's been doing over the past you know 20 years or so um you know he he was CEO when for the acquisition of Pixar and Star Wars and Marvel and Fox and all of those things so um, that book is actually really interesting and gives some some good insight into what he has meant to the company over the years. So I think it'll be interesting to see where they, how things change, if at all, from here. I mean, I, I don't think early early returns will tell us much, but um, you know, five or ten years down the road, it'll, it'll be interesting to see if things are different or how they might change. Now there was some speculation that this fellow might be becoming president or joining the race. Yeah, that's not going to happen. He's actually said that he's not doing it. He, he had thought about it at a time, but that's not going to happen is what he said now. Do you think he would be a decent candidate? 
I mean, without being political, just like on the spot, without thinking about it much, is he? Do you think he's competent enough to really like be the president? Or like, does it make sense that he would be up there in that role? Because for me, it kind of does for some reason. Yes, I could see it. Yeah, but I'm not sure it would be a good idea. I'd just be like, well, and the question is, would he win? Probably. I mean, that's a whole other question. Would he? I wonder. I don't think we're gonna find out. So. Oh well, I guess not all things magical happen. That's not a good segue. Spe- speaking of magic happens. <laughs> magic happening. Yes, well, yeah, whatever. The new parade. Yeah. Yes, the new the new parade magic happens uh, in Disneyland. You saw a video of this and were not impressed. Uh, no, 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 no. At first I saw a picture. It was just a still picture uh, from Michaela because I love Sword in the Stone and that is featured. There's a float with Merlin and the wart or soon to be King Arthur. Uh, you know, and they're doing their thing on their, their float. But... That picture was not very good. It didn't make things look good. I did see video of the parade today. Okay. And I actually liked it. I liked the cool. music first, which I wasn't sure about, but then I liked the rest of it pretty good. Did you, you said you saw some video? I saw some video. I actually didn't hear the music um, oh. that accompanied it. I'm going in April, so I kind of didn't want to spoil it too much, to be honest, which is kind of a weird thing, but I, I just, for me, that's kind of my personal thing um so i saw some of it um but not all i i really liked the moana float so you don't want to hear no no go ahead anything about the music. well there's yes the moana Moana float is good they have some sort of i I don't know if it's it's not a projection it's or maybe it's a projection from behind um a a screen or whatever they're using but it looks like underwater you know yeah it's really cool Tell me, tell me about the music. Oh well, one thing stood out because we've talked about this before. The Coco Float, the the music that they're using for that is the song "Proud Corazon" at the end of the movie, which I like that song quite a bit. It's something that I enjoy a lot, and I always forget about it. Yeah, well, but it, it works well in the parade. I think you'll enjoy it in April. Fun fact: that's Peyton's favorite song, actually. Period. Wow, cool. Interesting. Yeah, so I'm excited for to see that potentially in in april and uh yeah i think it's good the other parade had been around for a long time yeah i think it'll be i also like the i kind of like the aesthetic of the mickey float the the colors on it i i don't know Mm -hmm. i appreciate that how long do you think this one will be around for long time 10 years i don't know i mean i think paint the night is definitely better and but i mean for how many paint the night in no not to my knowledge. It, it, I, I get confused because they bring it, they like will randomly bring it back and I don't... To me, it's just so good. I don't know why they've taken it away so many times unless it's expensive to hire all the performers for it for some reason. I don't, I don't know, know why, why that, it would be any more expensive. Right, than, I don't know that either. Unless they use the same ones in the afternoon parade as they do in the evening or something. Uh, I don't... I don't uh, maybe. But it seems like daytime parades stick around a little bit longer yeah. than nighttime ones. There is a float with Maui on it, and I thought what would be pretty cool is if one day he, Maui is the Rock, Dwayne the Rock Johnson, <laughs> like that, the way that Jack Sparrow came out. Yeah, you know, I would, think they could do that, and it'd be pretty cool. Apart from the hair, that would be an issue. But <laughs> there's honestly, a few things that would be an issue. I mean, I don't know. Maybe I, I did picture like people just storming the float to get her <laughs> to like just touch him or something. Yeah, he's such but a I mean, star. I guess, but they have like you know they have parades with like. NFL yeah. players in them. And it wouldn't happen, like that, yeah. So I think it'd be okay. I think The Rock would, would be just fine. So, um, 
well <laughs> a tough transition i don't know how we how we get here well cinderella is indeed in is she the, the magic happens parade oh wait what is she doing? along with sleeping beauty i know sleeping beauty's in it she doesn't do anything uh sleeping really beauty she, no 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 cinderella she's in she's on a float like I can't remember what exactly she's standing in, but she's sort of just standing there waving. And there's no music from the film to accompany her her portion. Is it her own float? or are Yeah. They... yeah. Okay. It's not like extravagant, really. Not like Frozen. Oh, Frozen has a float too. Yes. Um, but it's not extravagant like th- those ones, Moana, Coco. And same with Sleeping Beauty. Although apparently her dress, uh, Aurora, her dress changes from blue to pink. I saw it. It in almost that, looked like it just was, it was multiple colors. It was both, right, yeah. It didn't so. really look like it was changing. And the reason I said it changes was because I heard someone else say that on YouTube. He was wrong. He also called Kristoff well, by the name Hans. So Well, people people did... It, it was said that it was going to change, but it just looks like it's both pink and blue. Yeah, so, I mean, maybe it does change. You have to know or see in April yeah. what it does. What I found interesting about the Frozen float was it it is a Frozen 2 float. Yeah. Which is bizarre to me that they would do that for a parade. I mean, when why would they prioritize a sequel over the original to me? I don't understand um, it. The only thing I can think is because it's in the current timeline. You know what I mean? Yeah, but that would, okay, that would point to maybe the parade doesn't last very long. Or yeah. it's not planned to be around for too long. Or they could update it. If things, you know, they could always it just seems like you floats would, out. Doesn't it seem like you would stick with the original for something like that? Again, the only thing I can think is if they're trying to stick with the current timeline, you know, and, and say, well, now these characters, this is what's going on in their universe. So that's that's where the float will be taking place is in their current timeline. I don't know. I, 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 but there were sequels for other, other Disney movies. It's true. You know, and those didn't really make the parades. Not ex- not exclusively for that the float. Just Cinder- an interesting thing. Cinderella has a sequel. Two of them. <laughs> yes. Luckily for us, we will just be talking today about Cinderella, the original Cinderella, number one. Released February fifteenth, nineteen fifty. So the was it Feb fifteen? Feb fifteen. Yeah. The reason for uh, this episode would be to commemorate the seventieth anniversary. Man, we are. <laughs> Wait, we are, man, about you jumbling? Yes, uh, fumbling I, the words. And, yes. Okay. Well, you know, man to seventy two. Yeah. So seventy years seven, is a long time. Seventy years. Yeah. So it's it's been around for seventy years, which is quite a long time. And in watching this movie, preparing for. Um, the episode, the I, I don't know what they did to sort of restore the film. Who knows? But it just it really does look great. Um, even you know, considering it's a seventy year old film, um, it just I think the animation is pretty well done. Pristine, even yeah. this is this is nine years before Sleeping Beauty, which also looks good. Well, but. yeah, but that one has a completely different artistic style, especially for the backgrounds. It, that to me, that's in a different, different like uh, category yeah, no, of animation. It's just it's it's a lot of art, and there's animation too. 
Uh, but this one is done really well, very very clean. I, I was looking at a close up of of Lucifer, the cat, and the the kitty cat, yeah, and uh, <laughs> and he uh, he's got this black sort of gray black color to him, but it was very consistent. And I wondered how they achieved that with a brush, you know? Yeah. Oh, well. Uh, yeah. So I'll never know. <laughs> it's Disney magic. Yeah. So um, this movie sort of came at a crucial time for Disney and reading about sort of where the studio was at the time. It was like shortly after the war that this movie came out and Disney had accumulated a lot of debt and Roy was actually quoted in the uh, in the material I was reading and that you read as well that he sort of wanted them to shelve this movie, like th- this project, and as well as Alice and Peter Pan, just because he was afraid of them taking a negative, basically, on any film. Because at, at this point, the, with the war and everything, the company was so in the hole that anything like that could could be a real problem for them, which was interesting. Yeah, but that's that seems to be like what was happening a lot. There was always financial issues and big yeah. big risks to take. I think the gap between what was it was it Fantasia or Bambi that was Bambi. That, but the gap between that and this one, I think, really helped uh, drive them to do a good job with the animation. Yeah, and that's what we were commenting on a, a little bit ago. Well, yeah, and and Walt knew that it was an, a, an opportunity with that such a big gap there um, to get them back on track, and they did a good job of that. They had. Uh, they had Mary Blair was was a big subject in the one that we the the source material that we were sort of reading about the um, yeah she's cool the, <laughs> well I don't know what else she's done I've heard her name but I don't know uh, her artistic style inspired the appearance outside of it's a small world okay that's also right. inside I believe um, she used to have this mural over what is now. Buzz Lightyear's Astro... What is that? Astro Blasters? Astro Blasters. Uh, over that in Disneyland's Tomorrowland, you can find old pictures of that. There was this pretty cool mural or, or mosaic. I'm not quite sure what it was, but it was very big. And, and she she was apparently like really respected for her art, her, for her artistic uh, ability and style, all that creativity. Yeah. And uh, there's there's a few... Uh, I mean, probably the biggest the biggest name or or whatever associated with the movie is Eleanor was it Eleanor Oddly? Oudly? I'll she, trust you. She also voiced Maleficent, as we've discussed before. Yeah, I never remembered her name, but yeah, Maleficent. Mm-hmm. And someone else too. The uh Don't say the you know her name. I know. Lady Come Tremaine. On. Lady no, Tremaine. No, no, no. Well, no, no. I'm just saying Lady Tremaine. Oh, you're getting and back then, on track, yeah. So we've got Lady Tremaine, we've got Maleficent, and then we've got uh you know what? I'm blanking on the name, too. I know. I, I have it in my notes, but... Well, check on it. She also uh, voices... The, Madame Leota. Madame Leota. Gosh, I couldn't... I knew it was Madame something. And the Leota and... what well, the, the the L and Leota make, made me go back to Lady Tremaine for some reason. Yeah. Well, anyways. So, I mean, as far as a, vo- a voice in, in Disney history, we're talking about somebody who's... Um, voiced two of the biggest villains or the, the, the most infamous villains maybe and then um maybe one of the most famous voices in in any attraction um certainly up there so in terms of just a voice what did you think of her voice in this movie i liked it uh i there's like how would you just how would you describe it i don't know it's sort of 
it's sort of uh, cunning and sarcastic is what she comes off like to me. I said it was sort of like she was, oh boy, what did I say? It was um, something, in, oh, sort of like when she's being not nice, but just calm. It's sort of soothing almost like you, you want to Well, that's where the cunning I think comes Yeah, in. yeah. And then also at the same time, she's got a fierceness to her. Well, yes, there's the, the point where she has, uh, she has Cinderella come in and she's kind of making casual conversation, but being very stern. And then she just says, clean it. Yeah. She, yeah. She can go to that, that, that spot. It's, it's really good. Yeah. I think it's very well done. And well, because this is, you know, she's not a villain that has any like magical powers or, um, you know, cosmic abilities. Yeah. But she is still someone you grow to sort of despise. And, and I don't know if fear is really the word, but you know, um, she, she achieves, you know, what she, well, Cinderella has nobody else. It's just her. I mean, so we start the movie with, you know, the, the narrator, but not, uh, anyway, there's a storybook. This one is just a normal storybook. Remember we said in Pinocchio was the only animated one. Yeah. Yeah. This so one's anyway, a, a physical. And it looks really cool, I think. Yeah, I think so too. I liked it. And then we, yeah, we learn about uh, her father and then eventually we learn that he dies. And so she is now stuck with uh, her stepmother and stepsisters. Who are just the worst. Oh my yeah. gosh. They're, and so Cinderella only has these three people, not to mention the animals on the property. But so what's she going to do? Not obey the stepmother, you know, especially with the commanding presence she has in voice. Yeah, she's got nowhere to go. Yeah. Yeah. So I, uh, yeah, I, I do enjoy Lady Tremaine in this, in this movie or just, you know, the, the, the villain. Of course so, you do. I know, I know, I know, I do. But the voice is good. And that's, I think that lens to what's so great about quick, it. Uh, quick sidebar here. What, or tangent, what is the villain or who in Bambi? Uh, we've, t- we've discussed this. Have uh, we? The hunters, perhaps. The, the bullet? <laughs> yeah, I don't know if there's like a traditional villain. Okay. Yeah, I think I agree. Let's move on. So, um, yeah, so we, we talked about Eleanor oddly, if I'm, if I'm pronouncing that correct. And Eileen Woods voices Cinderella. The reason that's sort of interesting is uh, Walt had commissioned a couple of people to make the songs for this film, um, it, like an outside, a couple outsiders, and they recorded the the songs using and had Eileen Woods sing the songs and recorded them to show them to Walt. And he had been sort of listening to a bunch of people auditioning for the part of Cinderella. And when he heard Eileen Woods singing the songs for the movie that were, you know, that they were creating, he said, that's, you know, that's my Cinderella. That's who we're going to use. And so she ends up voicing, you know, one of the most iconic characters in, in not only animated film history, but film history. That's really interesting. Do, Do you know a more recent example of that kind of thing happening? Do you have something in mind? From, from Pixar. I'll give you that hint. Go on. Uh, Miguel from Coco. He was, oh, really? He, yeah, he was the singing, like, he was sort of like the prototype, you know, we're going to try it out with this guy, he can sing, and he's going to be helping us out. And then eventually, it's in the special features, they gave him, they gave him something that, like, that he could open, a gift of some kind he could open, and it was like an appreciation thing, so he wasn't, you know, he didn't know what the surprise was. Yeah. And then the thing said, you've got the part. So they, it's like they knew that he was the voice for it, I think based on his singing. Interesting. Yeah. 
so that is a uh, that's that's really interesting that it's sort of at least in this case that um Walt was that way and I think there was a similar thing with Snow White where he's you know he's trying to find like the perfect voice um and then when he hears it he's just you know he's pretty determined with uh his decision or or who he thinks should be voicing that character because he has a vision um is there a particular scene in this film that when you think of it think of the movie that stands out to you or that you enjoy seeing well I mean, one that stands out, which is obvious, is the transformation scene. And it's pretty I great. I think that probably second to that would be the 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 uh, mice making the dress. Okay, you like that? Interesting. Uh, it's not that I like it; it's that it stands out in my memory. I I, ask, I do enjoy it, but it's just yeah, it's okay. I really like the scene where she's cleaning the floors, and her stepsisters are getting the music lessons. And she and it kind of kind of goes downstairs. Like I don't even know how you would describe it, but it just kind of follows down the stairs. And then she's cleaning at the bottom of the stairs, singing the same song they're singing, mm-hmm. and they're singing it terribly, of course. Oh yeah, yeah, sweet, sweet Nightingale, Nightingale. I actually like the the stepsisters singing it. I don't know why. I kind of know what you mean. The sound is not. Yeah, there's like enough uh, dissonance in the sound, like yeah. just enough that the, the melody's still there, but it doesn't sound that. It's like Bob Dylan had a terrible voice. Yeah. But his songs were good, and if you could, you know, you could like it. Yeah. But then, and then Cinderella sings, and she just has an incredible voice. Yes, and then it's the the bubbles are coming up, and you see her reflection, or whatever you would say, in the, in the bubbles. Yes. As she's singing, I really like that. I think it's animated well. It um, is. And then in in reading about the movie, when Walt heard the song that is sung in that scene, he was like, he got really quiet. Apparently, and people thought, "Oh, he does. He hates the song." But at the end, he he basically he said, "I'm envisioning bubbles," and he basically describes that scene, mm-hmm. and that's you know what ends up being put in the film. I'm sure it was altered in some ways, but you know that idea that he had that sort of vision he had for the film or that scene um, came about while he was listening to the the song being presented to him. Quick fun fact about that that bubble scene is there's a hidden Mickey in it. Oh, I've heard that. Is it just when the bubbles are kind of floating around? Yeah. At one point, it looks like there's a, a Mickey head. I wonder yeah. if it was intentional. I guess it would be because, you know, they have to draw everything frame by frame. Yeah, things tend to be, things like that don't tend to be accidents, I would say. But if I remember correctly, the, the head was sort of, it was tilted. So it could be accident, it, accidental. Either way, say, you can find it. I would say, too, they don't want to make it too obvious so that it stands out. They, m- hidden is... Hidden in plain sight, maybe. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, they also filmed this like in a live action form. The entire film filmed it in live action, and then the animators used that sort of to as a reference. Point. Do you remember what that's called? You're gonna tell me. Yes, uh, rotoscoping. Got it. I I think if I'm not mistaken, this was the first film they they did that where they at least they filmed the entire thing in live action, and then. That's interesting. I didn't know that. Yeah. If if I read that correctly, uh, it was the first time that Disney filmed in a live-action context, and it proved to be a great resource for the animators. I think Mark Davis was talking about how helpful it was. And not that you were they were, like, literally tracing exactly what they were seeing, but that it, it helped as a, a reference point. You know, when someone smiles, there's 
it, it's not just their mouth that's smiling it's their eyes change and their ears yeah. move and and their forehead maybe wrinkles up and and that uh that all helps that the live action format helps you see how people's faces react to certain emotions and so that was something that was sort of discovered in this in this film as a, an invaluable also, you know resource. What pretty, you know what probably really helps too uh, with for the animators is the shadow. Oh yes, you can see. Yes, I'm sure it does. Yeah, from the, the different uh, angles on the lights. Yeah, that's. Uh, I kind of wonder what that's like. Oh well, <laughs> Cinderella was originally the subject of a 1922 laughogram. Apparently, laughogram, laughogram, laughogram. Yeah. What's that? Wink. I know what that is. Well, what, sort of. I mean, well, not really. I, I kind of know what it is. I know it's a silent uh, series of, of... Were they animated? Yes, yeah. they were animated. It's like an early... It's sort of like an early silly symphony that didn't get take off in the same way, is the way I, I would describe it. Well, okay, because I read that in about 1930, they... Or in the 1930s, they were considering this for... A silly symphony. This, yes, so that's this, the, the story uh, of Cinderella. So that's the thing is they were considering in in 1930 that it was it, they were considering it for a silly symphony short didn't end up coming to fruition, but that was a consideration. And that was of course before um, you know they really got into the whole feature length animated film. So, um, um, yeah, but that's that's an interesting fact that it was, I mean. Silly symphonies are like seven minutes long, so <laughs> yeah, be yeah. I, I'd be interested to see how they would would have made that into a. Because even this this movie seems it feels a little. When I was watching it, I was struck by how how quick it goes. Have you um, read this story? Have you? I did today. Okay, go on. And I, you know what? I actually had a a class where we had to read it. I told you about it yeah. when I was at San Francisco State. We had a mm-hmm. class about reading the fairy tales and different kinds, not just ones that were reflected in, in and redone with Disney. But this was one of them. I remember. It's actually pretty short, maybe about five pages on a PDF on your phone, so not, not too not too long to read. They actually did a lot of it the same. But the point is, it's it's short enough that you could do a quick telling of it. I think not a seven minute telling, but I think twelve, the one hour fifteen that they did which is short uh i think that was appropriate and they definitely expanded on some things and well walt said in that about this film specifically and he said it about others but he's he definitely said it in preparation for this film that they want to stick with their formula which is is sticking as close to the original fairy tale as they can um is there any differences or anything that's worth mentioning or or anything they expanded Um, on that you're the father does not wait the father does not die in the original story. He's just so submissive to the stepmother yes. that it's like he's no help to Cinderella in the situation. Um, she goes, there are two ball scenes. So she goes to the ball first uh, and then comes back, whatever, has interactions with her sisters. Uh, there's an invitation to go to another ball. So she goes back. Um, her fairy godmother is is still there, so she's just a fairy. That's how it's described, which is weird because I don't know what that means. But is she it, like tiny? Uh, there's no description of her like that. It's just godmother, and she's a fairy, and then these things happen. So yeah, she has a magic wand. So what they do for the animals? Because in in the movie they transform the uh, the mice that are essentially the, like the companions to Cinderella into horses. 
the dog Bruno is like, I don't know what you'd call him, but he's like holding open the door for Cinderella to get in the, the carriage or the coach, I guess. And then the horse is turned into a coachman. In the story, the original story, it's uh, that they go, the, the godmother has like a, a, a mouse trap, but the, the mice in it are alive. So I guess it's just one of those traps that catches them but doesn't kill them. And so they take some of them, turn them into horses. For the coachman, I believe they use a rat. And then I forget about the other. But it's just, it's not like there's any relationship between the animals and Cinderella. It's just they retrieve animals for the transformation. And the pumpkin is still there for the carriage. So you get a pumpkin from the yard and bring. she brought it back to the godmother she pitted it, you know, took everything out and then t- transformed it into the carriage. That's a pain. She yeah. had to pit it? That's the yeah. worst part of carving. Yeah, pockets. I know. I, and I was picturing some, I don't know what a fairy is, but I was picturing messy hands, you know? <laughs> I mean, that, that would take 15, 20 minutes potentially. Right. And depending on what your, your ut- the utensil you're using for, you know. Oh, yeah. I mean, I don't think there were, were utensils back then. I know, <laughs> I yeah. I mean, there were, but obviously. Well, because you can go down to like Walmart well, or whatever look, and get a really good honest. scooper. This is a fairy godmother. She's got a magic wand. And Cinderella, you know, this, she's like, oh, this is all great. We got, uh, you know, the coach. We got the, the horses and the coachman and all this. And But I can't go in these dirty old rags. And so the fairy godmother gets her this white and gold dress with jewels all on it. And, you know, of course, she looks stunning in all that. And they send her off to the ball with the, the glass slippers. And it's a wonderful night. But she has interactions with her sisters at the ball, which is interesting. Because the sisters don't recognize her. This is in the fairy tale. Yeah. They just don't recognize her at all? Yeah. Like, Cinderella's being her, like, pure, beautiful self, like, making offerings to the the sisters, and I think other people as well, but what's interesting is the sisters don't recognize recognize her. Um, Yeah, because when they come back from the ball, because she has to leave at midnight still, uh, the sisters, stepsisters, tell Cinderella all about it because Cinderella plays dumb. You know, she has to to keep up the ruse. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But uh, yeah, because, yeah, so the sisters tell her what basically what she did for them. And then uh, the prince or the king's son, and the king has a wife, a queen in this one. This is the fairy tale. Yeah. So everyone still remembers. in the fairy tale. Uh, and uh, yeah, so the son is like, we have to get her back. Because you know he's just, he's in love with her basically, and so there's another another ball, and uh, yeah they go back, and so they basically that's when the losing of the glass slipper thing happens, is the second ball. So they've combined the two in the film, you know. I understand. Yeah. So they've kind of combined the two balls into one. Yeah, the two the two get-togethers. The I guess yeah banquets, balls, uh, dances are had. Um, it's different the, the way it all takes you know goes down in the film is different it's it's much more well in the fairy tale the the king's son comes out to greet cinderella as she pulls up to the castle that doesn't happen in the in the movie right because she pulls up everything's already going on she's a little late she's late and so she wanders fashionably late quite fashionably late that's what attracted the prince to her frankly yeah and this prince, I mean, if all he's attracted to is the beauty, you know, he is. But, uh, but anyways, in the fairy tale, it's, it's a little bit different, I understand. Um, but they, it is, it is largely the same, though. There is a lot more similarities than, say, Beauty and the Beast, which even that was kind of similar. What about Snow White? Uh, yeah, there were a lot of differences there. Yeah. 
So this one's pretty close. They seem to have expanded on the animal characters and made them, given them more of a relationship, which I think goes to show sort of uh, Cinderella's, that, that helps in the movie to show Cinderella's sort of humanity and, and just her, um, what kind of person she is. Um, you know when I really noticed how the setup of the movie in the first, I don't know, 10, 15 minutes, it's really demonstrating who Cinderella is exactly. at heart. But yeah. using the animals to do it too. Exactly. Yeah. You yeah, want to f- take a second to reflect on that setup? Because there's actually a lot of good stuff in there. Go on. Do you have anything? Uh, well, yeah. I mean, we so we've got the part where we see that Cinderella's father has died. And it's yes. basically just almost a still drawing, maybe with Cinderella moving. But everyone else in the scene is not, mm-hmm. which is, you know, you're not kind of supposed to, you're not supposed to do that really. Like the stepsisters and stepmother should have been at least blinking. Anyway, after that... We have the beginning of the song, A Dream is a Wish Your Heart Makes, which is very popular. Great song. Very good, yes. And the way it opens is really nice, too. Mm -hmm. And it makes sense in the movie because when you... So I hear the song a lot without having seen the movie very much. Mm -hmm. So I forget the context in which it's supposed to be uh, listened to. But it's leading into uh, Cinderella waking up. So we get, you know, we see her sleeping, but she's having a, a dream, a wonderful dream. And the music is great. And then when she wakes up, she's talking about the dream, basically telling us that her dreams are her, I guess, her solace in this. Like she can be free in her dreams, even though her real life is so restricted and not so great. Yeah. And the music obviously reflects that. Her relationship with the animals is like, they're good too. She's good. And they like her. Yeah. And you, and you, and they're good. And if they like her, then she must also be good. Like, you know, the animals are sort of simple and, um, and, but all very nice and, um, happy to be around her. Um, you know, the, well, yeah. And like the, the dreams are the only place where she can really, you know, express or not express, but feel like joy and maybe wonderment, but she can have a relationship too with something other than herself in the animals because she can't do that with the other people in the house in the chateau, they call it, I guess. Yeah, that's really interesting. Also, another way that we learn that she's really good at heart is when the dog Bruno is having his own dream. It's Bruno, right? It's not Bruce. It's, it's Bruno, Bruno, I think. Yeah. Having his own dream. And uh, Cinderella's recognizing that, but she's doing her chores at the same time. And eventually she goes to tell uh, Bruno, like, she, she's like speaking to him like in yes or no answers like were you dreaming of doing something to you know lucifer or something and essentially the answer was yes but cinderella has to doesn't have to but she decides to try to convince bruno to see the good in in lucifer and she searches for things and she comes up empty but she's trying and that's what's important she's trying and, and you you know that she's doing that with her stepsisters too yeah and her stepmother yeah and uh, I think that's really important to set up for her character because yeah. otherwise she might be kind of boring, you know? Yeah. Well, also, like, the fact that everyone hates her in the house, you you might wonder why. <laughs> like, you might be like, is there something wrong with her? Like, but yeah. they make it very clear that it's not something wrong with her at all. It's yeah. very much something wrong with the rest of the people in the house. And uh, those two stepsisters are just the worst. They're, like, they're so awful. <laughs> yeah. They're the, they might be, I don't know if they're even villains, but they might be like, as far as like antagonists, they might be the worst in like Disney film history. I can't think of another 
antagonist that I despise more in terms of just, you know, and by that, I mean, you know, when you're watching the film, you're like, oh gosh, just like being, if I was in that position, it would just be, it would be awful. And yet Cinderella is able to persevere. Yeah. And uh, I don't know, sometimes people about these old, you know, princess stories, they think that the depiction of women is that they need to be saved by a man, you know, which would mean that that's like, they don't have any other good qualities to them worth looking at. I think that Cinderella is very admirable to be able to be in a crappy situation with another person. Forget about whatever the prince does, but to have the kind of spirit that's like, hey, I'm going to try to see the best in them anyway. The prince is also barely in this movie. Yeah. It's just... He's, but, not, being, he's not saving anything. Right. But do you see my point? I do. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. It's like, there's, there's a lot more going on than just the, the bare bones. Would you wear glass slippers? Because it just seems uncomfortable. I don't know if this is true, and I should have looked it up, that it might have been a mistranslation from the, I think, French story, that it's, it wasn't glass, but it might, have, it might have been fur. Don't quote me on that. That's just a memory I have from that class that I took. Yeah. Would I wear a glass slipper? No. <laughs> They're not even slippers. They're like shoes. Heels. It doesn't matter what it is. Well, you could slip on heels. I think that it would be appropriate to call them slippers as well. Hmm. Um, I don't know that people still do these days, but I think at one point in time it might have been appropriate. No, I don't know. The glass slipper slipper thing, just I don't understand it logically. It doesn't make any sense. It doesn't seem Not like even it, magically. It doesn't understand. seem like it'd be comfortable or safe. Um, so. Yeah. And glass isn't particularly valuable. Yeah. I mean, it could look like diamond, I guess. Yeah. Like it could like look like they're made of diamonds. I suppose. But that's just cheap then. Just make them out of diamonds. You know? Yeah. Or at least cubic zirconium. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Wait, what? Yeah, cubic zirconium is, is what, you know, stud earrings are made out of when they're not made out of diamonds. Anyways, uh, so yeah, that's, that's, uh, that's an interesting fact that we wouldn't wear. We would not wear shoes made of glass. So um, This movie, movie is actually funnier than I thought it w- was when we watched it. I watched it months ago. I think we all watched it. Really? You think so? I, I thought it was pretty funny. Like, there's just moments where it's like, you know... Recreate one of the moments right now. Okay, particularly when the... I forget the name of the stepsister. It might have been Anastasia or the other one, whatever. Drizella. The redhead. Mm. She's putting on... They're trying on the glass slipper, and she he puts it on her foot, and only, like... It looks like it is going right on her foot, but... Then you later find out that the rest of her foot is actually, uh, you know, underneath her dress. So when that her dress comes down a little bit, you see that her foot is actually like uh, yeah. two feet long. It's or enormous. Something. Yeah, it's enormous. And it's just on like her big toe, basically. Quick fun fact: it's relative to the shoe, the glass, the glass uh, slipper. Apparently, and this is something I saw on a special features you could see on Disney Plus. I think. Might have been might have been like the the Blu-ray on Amazon Prime. Whatever, uh, the shoe size is four and a half. That's really small. Yeah. So I don't know what's going on there, but uh, I don't know women's sizes. Uh, well, for anybody, that's really small. Yeah. Well, look, I, I there were two like maybe like twelve, thirteen year old girls who were doing a segment for a special feature when they were telling like asking trivia questions but also you remember it and that's one of the things they said and they seemed to be conveying that it was indeed very small Mm. even for them i suppose 
Well, and then, so then the person who's putting the shoe on her is then trying to like, like, yeah, yeah, why yeah. wouldn't he just be like, oh, this doesn't fit you. He's like trying to force it. He's like, why is he invested in, in yeah. this shoe fitting? And then he, and then she starts kicking him and his head is bouncing off well, the piano Well, you know keys. what? They have been going all around the, what, the kingdom or yeah. something, trying to find whose slipper that he must be exhausted by all of it. Well, the other, the other, the Duke or whatever his title is, he f- does fall asleep. And then the guy who's actually putting the shoe on is like a mute or something he he doesn't speak is the point so um that part's quite funny and then there's some interactions with the king that are kind of kind of funny he's amusing well. his his bed is enormous yeah, yeah. he's having dreams of like babies that so his son and the, whoever whoever the princess is that yeah. he doesn't know yet they're having kids i suppose those are his grandkids but it's mm-hmm. a funny little graphic that they're using it's just it's just goofy it's silly he's got two babies who are on his back and he's crawling on all fours you know there's also a point where he asks what the guy because he's gonna knight the guy who's like his right-hand man, he says, what would you like your title to be? And he's like, sir, she got away. And then he says, and then he says, uh, sir, she got away. That, that's an odd title. But before he realizes <laughs> what he said, and then he goes nuts. Um, so yeah, I just, for a film that was made in the fifties, it's just comically, I think it's, it's actually pretty impressive. This film was made in the 50. <laughs> yeah, it was really made in the forties, I guess. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And distributed it in the fifties premiered and distributed in the the 50s yeah so a couple other things uh awards um this film won the 1951 berlin film festival's golden bear golden bear yeah what's what on earth is that i I don't know the the top award at the film festival wait i don't know what that is the berlin film festival in 1951 i don't yeah i don't know if i could time travel anywhere it would be to that moment just to know what a golden bear is well, well yeah. you could travel back in time to see Lincoln or something and tell me about it. See know? the movie Lincoln. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I want to see that movie that was released in 2012. Yeah, I've seen it in IMAX. Yeah. I've, <laughs> I've always regretted not seeing that movie at IMAX. It'd probably come out with it in 3D soon, though. Yeah. <laughs> Anyways, um, it also won three Academy Award, uh, or no, excuse me, it was nominated for three Academy Awards. Do you kiss? Well, that is quite different. Do you wish to? Yeah. It do is I quite wish, different. Do I wish to what? Guess what? Oh no, I, I don't. I don't know what they were at the time. Yeah, best music, original song. That's one of the things. Which one? For which song? What do you think? Bibbidi bobbidi boo. Yeah, which is interesting. I guess that one is. You know, it's still it's still around, but. Oh, it's quite around. People love it. A dream is you wish your heart makes though is, you would think. That well, yeah, they're different kinds of songs, obviously. But yeah, that hmm, bibbidi bobbidi boo is more fun. It's bouncy. You could. And I think that it it's, like. In the context of the film, the, I don't know, the context of the film, the dream is a wish your heart makes, it kind of, it's more conversational and it's, it's Well, like, and it carries through throughout the film, yeah. the sentiment behind it. So it's different. The bibbidi boppity boo is like, it's all held within that two minutes of the film and maybe that helps. I uh, guess, but I mean, I would I would go for the one you said. Oh, me too. And, and I, I'm trying maybe to just that's just the way the Academy is. They never pick the thing that that maybe should win. Almost, I mean, maybe they do, <laughs> but like certain things like that, it's like, well, why would Bibbidi Bobbidi Boo be better than or more appropriate for it than the other one? I just don't quite understand it. Looks like we'll have to time travel again and ask. Well, we could ask, or we could join the Academy, and then t- wait, well, that won't work. <laughs> you know what? The Academy is going to have a museum, I think, opening up. Which is amazing that they haven't yeah, up to this point. Because they've been around for, what, 92 years? A very long time. But that was probably going to be pretty awesome when it does come around. I, I wonder how much Disney stuff they're going to have. 
because the Academy did come over to the Walt Disney Family Museum to do like a home movies thing where they were showing home movies from Ward Kimball, also just from like some families that had uh, like given them film in their archive. Um, so that was really cool. But that's when I learned about the museum. And then they announced it recently at the uh, the Oscars. Mm. So, yeah. Other things, it was nominated. So that song, uh, Best Music Original Song, and then Best Music Scoring of a Musical Picture. So like the okay. score. Yeah, um, yeah, well, yeah, yeah. And then Best Sound Recording. A lot of I trust him on that stuff. one. I don't know. It's uh, so it was it was nominated for all three of those. It did not win any of them. You know, musically, my favorite moment was probably the the moment when we hear Cinderella begin singing mm. "Sweet Nightingale." Yes, whatever that song is actually called, but it's really it's really uh, I don't know. I guess beautiful is the right word, but the transition is so smooth, and you really can see the the contrast. Yep, it's great. Uh, in 2008, this film was named the ninth greatest animated film of all time by the American Film Institute. I don't know where it stands now. There's been a lot of animated films between then and now, so. Yeah, I don't I don't know. I don't know how they decide this either. It has to be a committee that votes. We need some more friends so we can all time travel back to these different points and just get some answers. You only get to time travel once. That's a little no Well, we fact. don't have to. Well, yeah, yeah. That's why we need multiple people. Exactly. Yeah. All right. Because it might even kill you. <laughs> well what is it that almost something like that happens in avengers uh, endgame right like they don't know what's going to happen so they kind of have to get it right Remember? they only had one opportunity yeah because well, they they only they had, had a, well they had a few the tests they had a few test option like opportunities right with the the materials and then and that was it yeah so cinderella and time travel go hand in hand <laughs> <laughs> well there is like the third one is called uh cinderella three is called something that like uh <sighs> Back in time, it's something like that. <laughs> let me let me see because I saw it today when I because I I was looking at the Cinderella stuff and it was just a twist in time. That's what it's called, Cinderella Three: A Twist in Time. I can't even begin to imagine what that is like. Oh, you're about to find out. Are we gonna I'm, watch it? <laughs> yeah, we're gonna watch it live. We're gonna <laughs> we're gonna uh, let's watch the Cliff Notes. Well, I'm gonna I'm gonna read the synopsis of it if I can find it, but um. Okay, when Lady Tremaine steals the fairy godmother's wand and changes history, it's up to Cinderella and her mouse friends to restore the timeline and reclaim her prince. I mean, it's uh, it sounds <laughs> a lot like Avengers Endgame, <laughs> actually. <laughs> so um, I think I think actually this f- Avengers Endgame was inspired by this film. I'm gonna I'm gonna make that claim okay it's a 5.9 on imdb which for those who don't know is not good but it's not the worst the worst what well i mean it's not a zero <laughs> i yeah it's not a 5.0 which would be worse than a 5.9 and directly in the middle for those of you that trust rotten tomatoes more uh it is a oh it's a 75 percent that can't be right 75 percent it's rotten sequel tomatoes. which to me means it's already not good it's it's the third one. It's not even yeah. The it's not even one. the second one. <laughs> oh, what, uh, what year was that one made? This, how about the, what year was the second one made, and then what year was the third one made? Okay, so the third one was in two thousand seven, right? In the it was in theaters. So they probably still have the same voice cast, but it might have been like limited <laughs> that was release. A joke. Um, it, hang on, I'll look for two. I'm hanging on. Hang on tight, yes, for all of you who are are waiting. Um. 2002 was Cinderella 2. God, what were they doing? Oh, yes. Post 9-11. Yeah. 
Well, yeah. So that's oof. that Boy. one's an eleven percent on Rotten Tomatoes. So I don't know what happened there. That's interesting. They waited so long. They didn't try to remake it. And they did a live action, but they just did a sequel. That one is called Dreams Come True. Which wasn't that the first one? <laughs> yeah. Well, you maybe know? it's telling you how the dream came true. Dreams are still coming true. That's number three. Should have been number three. Um, it. Oh my gosh. I can't believe they did that. Um, but okay, that's fine, I guess. Do you think that uh, Bruno Mars chose Bruno because of the dog in this film? Um, he actually, yeah, there's a documentary where he talks about that pretty yeah, oh, talk, okay. pretty extensively. Do you remember explains. what it's called? The documentary? Yeah. It's called Going to Mars. <laughs> yeah, Going to Mars. Well, I mean, you know, the people who are interviewing him are like actually going to Mars. So, well. Well, soon. Elon Musk. It's called Going to Mars, the Bruno story. Anyways, <laughs> uh, if you're if you're curious, Cinderella Two: Dreams Come True. It, um, Jack and Gus create a storybook based on three events that happened after the first film. The stories include Cinderella's opposition to the court's strict etiquette. Oh, kids love <laughs> kids love that kind of story. You know, court's strict etiquette. Um, Jack's becoming human for a day, and Anastasia's redemption through love. So that's the thing that happens. Wow. That's canon. Let's so. watch it. It's on Disney Plus for those who are inclined. Um, have you seen the live action version of this film? Yes. Go on. All right. It was all right. Where would you rank it on the live actions that you've seen? Um, I, I w- from what I remember of it, I would say it's in one of the better ones. It's, it's one of the better ones. I, I should watch it again. I don't know. It's been it's been a number of years now. It's a six point nine on I mean, IMDb. I would say it's almost certainly better than Lion King, Aladdin. It might be in the same at the same level as Beauty and the Beast. Okay, if not a little bit better, because there's no one trying to sing that can't sing. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Well, I really don't like the Beauty and the Beast one, but I also don't like, I like Lion King better than Beauty and the Beast, but that's just a matter of taste. So I I, I do, I remember liking this live action one. It's an 84% on Rotten Tomatoes for those who care about that sort of thing. That's almost an 85%. Yeah. And 85% is basically 90, so. And then if you when you're there, up, you're rounding up to nine to 99, well, 100. Well, once you... You would never yeah. round up to 99, but 100 you would. Yeah. Okay. Well, Whoa. Um, I am... How about the parks? Yeah. Cinderella in the parks. That's a good question. That's something that we... Uh, Cinderella Castle. Um, well, there's a, a like a, what, a 28-star restaurant in there? It's just, it's a really high-end restaurant. Or, well, for Disney... Cinderella's Royal Table, yeah. something like that. I'm trying to think of what else there is. There's just not even very well representative in like the shows. I mean, I guess she has a parade float now. But she again, no music from the, no music from the uh, movie. I will say that a dream is a wish your heart makes is a song that sort of permeates Disney, yes. in general, and that's nice. And the Bibbidi Bobbidi Boutique. That's true. It seems to be popular. What do they do there? They like do little girls hair and makeup is it hair and makeup mm-hmm. okay yeah well so for certain people that is that's a big deal i think i yeah. mean it's still around so they, must be popular they also have like the animated window display on main street at least in disneyland they do and i, I quite like that actually it shows the transformation scene so that's pretty cool mm. what else 
it doesn't there's no ride and i don't know what the ride would be so that i mean that i don't think it needs a ride but i don't ever see a cinderella meet and greet oh yeah she's out in front of uh the train station you've seen her there <laughs> oh in in like the before you go through right after you go through the gates of uh, all the turnstiles okay well that's where they put oswald on the other side of the park on disney california adventure well so. you can't make that comparison because Why? one, the other park is not as good compared to Disneyland. Fewer people go there. Uh, he's not as well known a character, so he's off to the side, sort of like just the hanging out. The comparison I'm making is that they've relegated him because he's sort of an outcast. <laughs> right, but but so you're saying they're relegating Cinderella a bit, yeah. But they also have don't they? They have Belle out there in her dress sometimes, mm-hmm. don't they? They have Ariel. And yet there, there's a ride for Ariel. I mean, there's plenty of representation for Little Mermaid. Yeah. But there, the movie just doesn't lend itself well to a ride, so you're not going to have not. that. And there's already Sleeping Beauty Castle, so you can't have that. It, this is Disneyland. So you just have to have the the boutique. And you should the, just have her walking around Tomorrowland. What, what would she say, you know? <laughs> Tomorrowland or just in general? Well, I mean, in general, I'm picturing her walking around. I forgot that you'd even said Tomorrowland. I said it like three seconds ago. And by forgot, I mean, I didn't hear you to begin with. <laughs> okay. <laughs> but like, how would she interact with the, beyond like a, a formal meet and greet where it's, hello, you know, how how's your day and this and that. But how many questions could you possibly have for her other than ones related to the, the prince the stepmother and sisters, the mice, the horse. Well, the other day Bruno. I, or the other day, the last time we were there, Snow White was just walking around with her prince and, you know. Oh, with the, with the prince. Yeah. And she's, she said hello to me and then went on her way. Did you, did she like wink at you or anything like just that? Just a wave. Oh. Just a wave and a hello and a high pitched voice. Very high pitched. Classic snow. Yeah. So we could see more of that. I mean, just walking through Fancyland. I saw a video. You know what it was? It was with uh, when last week when we did Indiana Jones. I told you I watched a little, an episode of a show called Extinct Attractions from like the 90s or whatever. Yeah. Whenever it was on. Uh, and there was there was more to the episode than, than just uh, Indiana Jones. It was like different things going on in the park. So kind of an update of what things were happening. And they interviewed... Or they spoke with Snow White, and the voice was perfect. Uh, to me, it was really close. When we went to Disney World, she was in, um, I guess, where does she hail from? Germany? I don't. Where's Snow White from? Oh, like the story? Well, the, the Grimm brothers would, are, would be German. I th- so she was in Germany, I do believe. And she was speaking to a child, and it was like, oh my gosh. Like, yeah. It, yeah. Like, how did, I don't even know how a person achieves that that voice like without it being their actual voice and it was i don't want to say have you ever tried to imagine what it'd be like as a man to have a like a really high-pitched female voice not like snow white but just to like i've tried to like to achieve it yeah just to sound like that yes i'm thinking about it now and it it hurts my throat just thinking about it. that high pitch yeah 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 but i feel like if you're already up closer to that in Mm -hmm. general it's not like a far reach for you to try to do it yeah you know what i'm saying yeah like a kid could probably come close. Like Peyton, if she wanted to try, could maybe come close. Yeah. The point with the voice was that it sounded like she was young, right? Remember that? That was the whole point, right? I wonder if that's that girl's, the Snow White, the one who voiced her, if that was her actual voice or she had to alter it in some way. I'm sure she did. Well, she was young at the time anyway. 
Anyway, Cinderella in the parks, not much. <laughs> no. Uh, what do you think about merchandise? Can you think of any merchandise? Maybe some, um, certain pins are around, but never anything like limited edition that's really cool. No mugs that I can think of. Nothing that stands out, yeah. Are we saying that Cinderella is underrepresented? I think that she, I think that that movie does get sort of, I don't know, like when we watched it months ago before this rewatching of it, I wasn't, I didn't think of as highly of it, but on watching it, I was like, oh, this is actually really solid. So I, I do think it's a little bit under underrated. Yeah, it is underrated. That's for sure. Underrepresented, maybe. I just don't know where you would put where oh, I don't know if it needs things. to be put in the park, but like merchandise, maybe. Yeah, I, I mean, the castle really helps in uh, in Florida. Is is there a Cinderella castle somewhere else? There must be, right? Not necessarily, because you're I'm right. There to mustn't. Think, there didn't. There doesn't need to be. It could be in Tokyo. I don't know. But they didn't they replicate the? Well, they're doing a new one now. But didn't they replicate That's in Hong the, Kong? Well, no, Tokyo Tokyo's doing a new one. Look into that. I believe it was announced at D23. Uh, but I, I think that at first Tokyo, and we saw this in the Imagineering story, had just gone for the one at Disneyland, right? Yeah. Hong so. Kong maintained that one for sure. That happened. You know, I typed in Tokyo Castle thinking that just like not realizing that. There might actually be castles in Tokyo. <laughs> which there spoiler are. Spoiler alert, there are. Oh, God. <laughs> Uh, oh, that is Cinderella Castle in Tokyo. Okay, good. Yeah. Yes. Well, and I thought. Oh, because so they, they they use Florida's castle. Okay. They, I mean, I don't know if it looks exactly the same, but because I'm trying to look right now, but um, it's yeah, it does look very similar. And they are re- they are um, I guess plussing it soon. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Does that wrap it up for Cinderella? Uh, we didn't talk too much about the fairy godmother. It, uh, I believe the in the the animator who came who was responsible for the character. This, this is interesting. Uh, is no longer alive. <laughs> no, that's not the thing. But uh, well, that's I true, don't remember probably. his name. Well, yeah, it was true enough for me to say it. But uh, I don't remember his name. But his wife, I believe, was the inspiration for the character. But he decided to try to think about well, what would she look like as an older woman. Yeah. So when they're in their old age, what would she look like? And so that was what he came up with. And so when you when you see her, and I forget her name, Mary something I believe. Uh, she she I think even in her old age, yes, in her old age, she still maintained the hairstyle that was represented in the fairy godmother character. So I mean, if you just picture that character, oh, fairy godmother's in the a character buffet. Yeah, I was going to wait for you to, to finish. I was going to say that. She is. So that's that's representation. And she's quite a delight to, to yes, run into. That's and, true. And uh, Michaela and I spoke to her. Um, and it was it was, it was was nice. So um, Mary Alice O'Connor, does that yeah, sound yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's it. Yeah, she's the inspiration. So Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, uh, yeah. So that's an interesting fact. Here's a qu- here's a question. What oh. does the fairy godmother do? That's one of the questions that came up on, the- on Google. <laughs> yeah. What does she do besides magic? I don't know. Um, In general, she acts fairy. as a mentor or parent to someone. Um, well, that's, she- that's godmother. Like any godmother will do that. But this is fairy godmother. Yeah, it's very different. But maybe she, she you know, maybe she does both. Um. Yeah. So that's all very interesting stuff, guys. 
And, I, uh, yeah, I think we covered just about everything. We didn't talk about all the music. We mentioned Bibbidi Bobbidi Boo, Dream is a Wish Your Heart Makes. There's the song. So this is Love. If the, I don't oh. know if that's the title, but I actually oh, yeah, enjoy that, that song. Yeah, that one's good. Especially when she's like humming it. Um, when she realizes that the prince is going to be coming for her, basically, uh, she's like humming it as she walks back to her room, and I don't know. I, I like that kind of tune, anyways. Mm-hmm. The uh, the Cinderella. It's not a song, but it's it annoys, it's it's it sung, me. and that's something I remember from like when I was a kid. I would have remembered that and the bibbidi bobbidi boo. I and, find the Cinderella thing really annoying. I don't know why. It's really? very screechy. Well, I mean, it is it is. The voices of the the mice singing it. I, so I also have a hot take. I find Gus annoying. You do? <laughs> yeah. Maybe you just don't like uh, people who have a little too much weight. It's not about that. No, it's his voice. His, and his yellow shirt. Demeanor. I think he's the comic relief of the uh, group of mice. Yeah, I think the mice in general are kind of comic relief, but he's the he's the head of that. Yeah. Well, so you said one one of the characters' name was Jack. That's the Is main J A C K. No, J A Q. See, I w- oh, oh, really? Mm-hmm. See, when she said Jack, I thought that's weird because it should be French, which would mean Jacques. I believe that's what it would be. Why couldn't you just say Jacques? You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah. I know what you're saying. Picking up what you're putting down. Oh, I put it down. And on that note, I think we pretty well covered it. We're done. <laughs> it's over. Yeah. You can rewind it, though, and start over. Yeah. And then it's like it never really ended. Mm-hmm. All right, guys. Thanks for joining us. We'll see you next week. Bye-bye now.